0: I, I mean, when you're when you're out there, when you're stepping on the field with your dog, it's like jumping out of an airplane with a parachute, not knowing whether it's going to open. <laughs> <laughs> I like it.
1: Hello, everybody. This is podcast number thirty-six today. I have as a guest Vadim Plockster, and for those of you that don't know him, he's a very uh, influential and instrumental person in the IGP world at the moment. Uh, Vadim is the, the current president of the USCA, the primary German Shepherd organization in the States. He's also in the Board of director at, at the World German Shepherd Organization, the WSV. He's a judge. Um, he's judged plenty of club trials, regional trials, national trials, including two times the in the very recent times, like 2022 and 2023, the WSV. In uh, 2022, he was the obedient judge. He's been a team member uh, uh, of the USCA team. Um, German Shepherd guy, and Vadim, welcome to Training Without Conflict podcast. Did I miss anything? I'm sure I have.
0: No, uh, I'm married with two kids, three dogs, four dogs.
1: <laughs> Very cool. Where are you about? Where Where are you? What?
0: I'm in New I'm in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. I am- yeah, I am one hour north of Boston.
1: I don't want to ask the typical house the weather, but we are freezing here. And uh-huh. you're, you're going to laugh, because <laughs> for those of you that don't know, I'm in Florida and, and I have a, you know, a little heavy. It's a, it was 42 degrees in the morning. Uh,
0: yeah i think i think we had that uh for a high today i think maybe it was 40 high at 45 today and it's freezing in the morning but we're used to it so i think our blood is the consistency of molasses
1: normally when winter comes so we love it for tracking right now like this is our prime time to go tracking because the the fire ants hate the cold so it really, no matter what else we're doing, we we got to get out and track and catch up on everything.
0: I've been trying to do this. Yeah, I've been trying to do the same thing. We're kind of fortunate. We don't have snow on the ground yet. So I've been trying to go track every morning and get as many as they can. in before we can't track for three months.
1: Three months. Still yeah, not you're too bad. No. Nah. But then do you guys still do some... Uh, like outdoor training when the weather allows or or it's all indoors from there we stay
0: we stay outdoors uh until it becomes uh too dangerous to work with the dogs outside so slippery if anybody can hurt themselves dogs hurt themselves so pretty much as
1: soon as there's snow on the ground we go inside so then how did you get in dogs let's let's start here
0: in very early 90s i had like a a pet show line german shepherd well maybe like a mix let's say, and I had a good friend, Jim Ward, that got me kind of interested in training dogs, and this was in the very early 90s. Mm. Of course, at that time, I didn't have the dog for it, so I did the best I could with the dog I had, which wasn't much, but then um, Jim, you may know him, you may not know him, he used to be a competitor, New England region, you know, North Americans, Keith, um, uh, he- he uh, was a helper in the Southwest region. I think Jim and T actually were uh, T Floyd were together back in the Southwest in Arizona at one point. Uh-huh. But he's the one that got me started in the sport in the very early '90s, and I owe him a lot for that. And then Jim always told me that if I wanted to have, if I wanted to be in a Formula One race, I had to have a Formula One car. So at some point, you know, I watched Jim train with his dog, and his dog was a few times New England Regional champion. You know. V dog in the north americans and things like that and i'm like i I want a dog like that too and then i just uh, you know so I pretty much got
1: hooked right right away then yeah
0: right away yeah and i I started as a helper you know so i did a lot of uh you know pretty much my whole life i've done helper work i mean now that i'm older and slower i'm slowing down but still like to develop young dogs and and bring them along but yeah my whole beginning of my career was working as a
1: helper that's awesome i i just i tried to avoid it as much as well, i shouldn't say avoid avoided We're old. trying to We're old. yeah trying to kind of not to do stupid things at least but but i just worked like right before we sat down to talk a dog and tagged me so i'm like i was like i'm going to put a band-aid or what do i do it's like okay it's just another little thing how how about the judging when did you that...
0: Yeah, so like a, a judging is kind of like a natural progression, I think, for a lot of people that have a passion for the sport. Um, and then you want to, you know, I personally wanted to give back and I'll give uh, a lot of credit to uh, Frank Phillips who got me in, um, who kind of got me hooked into judging. Um, um, but I, I felt like I can... Um, I felt like I was in a really good training group. We knew what right looked like. I feel like I know what right looks like. I mean, of course, as a judge, you make mistakes and things. But I still feel like I I feel very passionately about rewarding great routines um, and and great dogs with with power and, and energy. And I felt like it was my opportunity to not just give back to the community, work in the community, but also to put my own kind of, like, might sound a little arrogant or something, but my own stamp on um, yeah. this is where, you know, because that's what judges do. We give feedback to training. That's
1: exactly right. And
0: I kind of to put my my own stamp on, like, this is what I think uh, is the training that deserves, uh, you know, a V score, an SG score, a G or a satisfactory. And I kind of just went from there. And then sometimes... Um, uh, different opportunities presented themselves and um, of course judging regionals is a lot of fun judging nationals is a little more uh stress and focus and then judging world championship uh, was a lot of uh uh was a lot uh was a lot because it's uh, five days of judging
1: what are you what you did at any point during the world's felt comfortable more comfortable than or or, or was I it honestly, fluctuating so how- I-
0: I honestly thought that I would be a lot more nervous judging the worlds than I was. And it took me maybe one flight of dogs to find my rhythm and the critiques because I was a little clumsy in the beginning because in the worlds, you got to keep it short, but still say enough.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, and then, but then things picked up, but I, I felt like I, I did, a, um, um, I, I felt like I did the best, uh, I could, and actually, I thought I was going to be tired after five days, and on the fifth day, on Sunday, I got like a second win, so I felt like I could go another three days judging. Oh, wow. But there there was a time, uh there was a time because we, we all got sick during this whole, during the Denmark World Championship, so myself, Wilfred Touts, were sick, so we're popping, you know, oh, yeah. Tylenol and, and, and cold medication and stuff like that, and the weather in Denmark, of course, is miserable. So that was the worst part about it, but... I honestly thought I'd be a lot more nervous than I was and um but then um I have my score sheets <laughs> which kinda give me a nice uh grounding uh platform. So uh, I goes through the sequence, the routine, you know, basically in sequence and I uh, I felt like I uh I, I put everybody in the correct category. Of course there's people
1: that uh, don't like what
0: the scores they get, but
1: it is very hard to judge like really, mm-hmm. because sometimes, yeah, as, as a, I mean, you're, you're a competitor and a judge. And, and so you this is the cool thing because you're the, the, uh, big,
0: the biggest, the biggest challenge, I, I think, when you're judging national events, or, or like a world event is having a line and keeping a line through four days, five days. So, you know, my line is usually, you know, you'll know, when I give Somebody when somebody earns a 91 or 92 or 93, that is everything else has to be better than, you know, to be in the category or less than. But that was, uh, you know, keeping, you know, keeping a consistent line. um, That is the biggest challenge when you're judging a lot of dogs in a club trial. Of course, it's a lot easier. There's a lot more forgiveness in club
1: trials. And
0: um, but world championship, there's very little forgiveness for anything (laughs)
1: I know, and and the WSV typically is one judge, or and you have possibly somebody to help with the downs and stuff, but it's a it's a one judge, right? Or, or
0: yeah, WSV is one judge per phase, and yeah, you do have a long down judge, which helps a lot.
1: How do you feel about the the one judge versus two versus four? And um, actually, it's five at the FMBB because you have. Four judges and a supervisor walking around.
0: I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to multiple judges per phase. It just what happens is, I think you know because you've put on um, you've put on national events yourself. Um, it becomes very expensive to fly yeah. judges in. Yeah, very expensive. Um, and a lot of you know clubs organizations just can't afford it. But saying that, of course, we can raise entry fees. We can do. We can do things like that. If But if that's something the competitors want, they want multiple judges per phase, I am completely open to it. Yeah, I have no objection to it whatsoever.
1: How is that with the... Well, that's also crazy because you're... I don't know when, when... Were you already in the board of directors with the WSV when you judged or... or? I was, okay. yeah. Okay. So yeah, I how... Was. I mean, even if you weren't, but how, how does the WSV... What what kind of instructions come down from the top as far as was, what I, do we want to judge and what
0: So what ha- so what happens um, what happens is there's no like um, instructions that come down per se um, where they you know but um, Hans Graf, who was a um, uh, from Switzerland, he, um, he was the head judge of Denmark when I was the obedience judge. And in the beginning, you know, Han sits down with all the judges, and he basically gives us, you know, a talk about. Um, there's no, he doesn't say how to judge or anything like that. His big, the biggest thing that um, uh, WSV asked for is that no matter who takes the center line, they're all judged the same. Right. So ignore the names, ignore whatever you know, judge everybody the same. And that was the biggest thing, you know, just you know, fair fairness, uh, you know, sportsmanship, all of that. It wasn't. There was no, like, uh, hey, we want you to kill pressure or, you know, we want you to uh, do something. There's nothing like that that, that comes down. This is, a, this is something that that gets captured at a different level, not in the actual event itself. Mm-hmm. In the actual Makes event, sense. it's basically just, uh, you know, be consistent. No matter who takes the center line, don't care. <laughs> you know, be fair, that type of stuff.
1: So... And that question that's coming up, it's, I'm sure everybody that's IGP to some level involved will be interested, but I, I am interested as well because I'm not sure how it works. But how does the, like, like te- talk to me a little bit about the FCI rules and the WSV rules and how and when they differ and why and, and what, how, how is the two?
0: They're not different. There's no
1: difference. Not at all.
0: Nope, because okay. 75% of WSV members are FCI members.
1: Okay, so if if um, uh, FCI decides, like their working commission decides to do something with the rules, change something, WSV uh, uh, just kind of follows suit? By,
0: uh, right. For right now, correct. Yeah. Okay. Because like I said, 75% of WSV members are FCM members. It's a similar situation as FMBB. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. For some reason, I always thought that uh WSV w- is just a bit stronger to where they... I don't know. I mean,
0: like, uh, if you look, if you look, uh, I mean, Igor Langbarski, who's on the uh, FCI Utility documentation Commission yeah. is judging, he's going to be judging C in Memphis next year. Yeah. Um Robert Marschlager. Uh, judged uh, obedience the year before in the Universal Seeker. It's all you know, Clementic with Clemente Russell It's right, all right. The same. It's all same rules.
1: Oh wow, that's I I really never knew this. No,
0: there's no uh, no difference. No point eight meter jump. No nothing like that.
1: And as far as the um, like our like the USCA rules versus AWDF rules and all that? That's also the same, or or is there some... It's,
0: they're, very, they're 99% the same. There's okay. some variances in USCA that we have, you know, just like one variance, for example, is like um, um, we don't allow certain collars or things to be worn. You know, just to give you an gotcha. example, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, but, uh, but in terms of actually judging IGP, it's the same. There's no difference. So if you have a new USCA judge at a AWMA event, it's judged the same.
1: And how long does it take for for USCA typically? What is the process from from having the met the requirements and and getting into apprenticeship, being approved? What is the time frame about?
0: So it depends really, but normally to get into the apprenticeship, you have to basically do you just apply do two walkthroughs and then you can start the apprenticeship. But it depends on uh, your uh, initiative. Uh, there's some people that complete it very quickly, so like a little more than a year and what they do is uh, they get a lot of dogs under their belt by going to judge regional championships because they can't right. you know co-judge. So if you go judge a couple of regional championships like New England, you might get thirty five forty dogs in you know with one you know with one trial and go to another regional championship or get another twenty dogs so it depends and then you're basically trying to get fhs under your belt uh, but uh, it took me about to two it took me about two years okay to get my list. yeah
1: and then what is the uh what the, what is it called the uh, like a probation or something to where you
0: yeah, the first couple of years you're you're still a fully licensed judge you're just a probationary judge that means that you have to um um you know like if there's any complaints about you disciplinary actions you you know it's not the same process as if you were a permanent judge in a probationary judge you know it's the, a lot stricter so you have to be very uh mindful of uh, your behavior and
1: just how you present yourself which one of the three phases is the easiest for you to judge?
0: For me, I think the easiest, uh, I mean, I, I love it. That kind of comes
1: just, you're interested obedient, and it obedient, comes naturally. Obedience obedience. 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 obedience, What about from trainer perspective, which phase you like to, I know I, these I still, are unfair I still, I still questions. I still, like, I still
0: like, I mean, I like protection, obviously, who doesn't, but uh, um, it's still, uh, you know, Schutzen is still in our name. Um, right. But it's a... Uh, I, I, I just find that all the elements of obedience are so uh, demanding, and every dog is so different in in how they handle certain situations. I, I really do enjoy training obedience.
1: And if you're going to screw up a dog even in protection, it's going to be through bad obedience yeah. anyway, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like screwing up a dog in protection, you really have to do something stupid. Right. Uh, because if the dog barks and the dog bites well... Uh, you know, it's very difficult to ruin that, but of course you can. But obedience has so many elements. I think it's the hardest phase to get uh, an excellent score in. It's the hardest phase to train, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it's, it's almost, I, I always get a little frustrated with how good we've become as trainers. In, in, in all three phases, but the obedience especially like like from even 10, even five years ago, like you know like taking under consideration so many elements emotionally and, and and all of the precision. And even so we still have people that want to shut down the sport and want to find things to say that we we are this barbaric, people that do stupid things with dogs and it's like so rapidly we're it's incredible what we do in obedience compared to any other dog sport really like in my opinion you know, is that anywhere in the world anything that comes well not anything but the majority of the cool stuff the cool ideas and approaches they have their roots in igp somehow
0: it's actually said uh, you know i know you mentioned uh you know, people just clamping down on our sport. It's actually very sad what's going on in Austria right now, which I know you're very familiar with. Yeah, you read some of the news articles in huh. Austrian, and, and it's right. br- it's just brutal. It's just brutal. You know what they say about the sport? Brutal.
1: Yes, it's it's uh, and
0: I don't feel good right now about the situation there at all. I don't know your opinion, but I don't feel good about it. Yeah,
1: I mean, this could be the beginning of an actually a total. And destruction of the sport. Um,
0: it's a domino. It's a domino for sure. And you know, Austria has a lot of, um, you know, IGP going on. I mean, they do. They, they have a lot of judges. They have uh, they have a significant presence in the IGP world. Um, and I don't feel good right now where we stand and how we're positioned there at all. And I, I don't know what the answer is there. I just feel like. Um, we we are behind. I'm honestly
1: surprised that none of the... like the the FCI Utility Commission, for example, like these guys, I I wish... and I don't know, maybe they are doing something behind the doors, but I don't think behind the doors is even useful at this point. Like, I, I think with... FCI being the biggest organization. Yes, IGP compared to anything else that FCI does, it's a, it's just a little fraction that doesn't even bring money. Probably.
0: I think about
1: uh, less than 2%. Right. But still, we, we have we are under their guidance and I feel like they just left left us there defenseless and and I would wish that they would really step up and uh, make an effort. I don't know how successful they can be, but make a real effort to to change pers- public perception or to even do some I don't know even like a Few times I suggested when the moment that thing was started to happen with the first TikTok in Austria. I'm like, I think it's the best way, in my opinion, to involve some lawyers instead of waiting, because waiting allows for momentum to pick up. And once the train has left, we're chasing. I don't know. What do you think?
0: You're right. right. I saw. I I I will I agree with you to a point. I will tell you is that I have a lot of experience because I come from a background uh, in my past life. I did a lot of work um, with the Department of Defense, dealt a lot with different politicians and things like that. And I could tell you is that lawyers is not a way to get a politician to do anything. Mm. A lawyer is a way to get another company to do something, to get another person to do something, to get another organization to do something. But a politician, the real way to get them to do something is to have a buy-in from them. So what we're doing wrong, and probably we should be doing more of, is we should be – politics is on the local level, of course, in a lot of municipalities, especially in our country. What we should be doing is inviting politicians to our events – to our championships letting them see kids trialing for god's sake you know we you know we promote youth handlers as much as we possibly can all the time and just you know they can see how people love their dogs how we take care of their dogs you know they, they eat the best food they get the best vet care right. i mean these are you know a lot of these dogs are you know or again lack of a better analogy a formula One car, so we give them that type of treatment you know of course um um but I really do think that this is where we all miss it um, in Germany and Austria, all over the European Union, which is where the dominoes really will probably fall first, is fighting with politicians is appropriate sometimes. But usually (laughs) this is what they do for a living is they fight with each other. The best thing to do is to get their buy-in, and how do you do that? Is you get them involved somehow, in some way, get them involved, get them to be the guest of honor, get them to, you know, you know, throw out the first pitch for, you know, for right, you know, right, to right. use it. Yeah, yeah, like. yeah. This is how you get politicians in your side. lawyers and politics lawyers are good for other companies for other organizations and for other individuals but politicians don't care about lawyers they have the legislative process and they will follow the legislative process the lawyer can't stop it yeah i guess
1: i was when i'm thinking lawyers i wasn't thinking to to go after the the big name politicians but the people that are like i'm talking right at the moment when where the fire is about to start where there's just a little smoke I, I, certain I mean, I people talking word, I, nonsense about it's like you don't know what you're talking you're just really
0: you know again it's you know it's freedom of speech people can say whatever they want True. um you know of course you can't be libelous or you know you know whatever use uh, offensive uh language and things like that but um other than that there's freedom of speech you know anybody can say their opinion somebody you know you read the latest austrian article where a vet presented his opinion yes. <laughs> about yeah which was you know i felt ridiculous but it's his opinion
1: yeah no at this point like really i don't uh, i i wish there is something that can happen to get the table turned around but
0: it's 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 the it's the court of public opinion in the eu and um the i i think you know i have a lot of friends in sweden Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very good friends with Pierre, and yeah. of course,
2: yeah.
0: Natalie Finka, and, and there's a lot of great friends I have in Sweden, and I and I and I love going there because they have a whole different world, even though they're um, they're in Europe. You know, they came to this um, um, cataclysmic moment with IGP uh, well over a decade ago, and they almost lost that capability, but the military and the police stood up. And then after that, what happened was um, they actively actually put on, they combine uh, demonstrations of dogs, whether it's military dogs, IGP dogs or whatever, dual purpose dogs that do both, combine it with horse shows where there's a lot of people Going to them, you know, or combine it with fairs and they'll, you know, they'll like uh, uh, they'll put a ring up. Well, they'll do protection for people. And yeah. then, you know, a person can go in there with the dog and see how the dog behaves. You know, the dog is obviously neutral to everybody except the helper. And then the dog is gripping and people applaud. And, you know, there's somebody narrating the whole thing. And, you know, they, they do these demonstrations at fairs, at horse shows and things like that. And and this is how you you know, this is how public opinion over time. Um, you know change you know kind of you know because right now if you just said oh these people are stressing dogs out uh and you know you know dogs are biting other people and you know this is all they have to go by and they've never seen they've never seen they've only read the words and the descriptions um you know that's all they'll have to go by but that's where i give sweden a lot of credit is yeah i think
1: they they're also fortunate to have and I'm sure Pierre is not the only one, but but have people that are very instrumental in both worlds, the, the military yeah, and, and, and the and, sport, and, 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 and that really makes it makes sense and difference.
0: And Germany does too, and so does Austria. Yeah, we have, true. you know, we know we know people that are both in the military, you know, uh, or or police world, and also do uh, IGP dog sport or other dog sports uh, activities. And I can't. Tell you when the last time I saw a demonstration of uh, protection work, right. you know, of sta- stable dogs at a at a at a fair, a city fair or something like that. You know, big crowds. You know, w- w- we shouldn't hide it. We should promote it and educate people on it. Because if we leave it up to the newspapers and the, and the politicians, we're going to just lose. That's that's my that's my ten cents. No, <laughs> yeah, no,
1: I I appreciate it, and I'm sure. I mean I'm sure people are curious to hear your opinion on this. But yeah, point. I
0: mean everything from you know here, you know, uh, Mr. Uh, um whatever a uh, congressperson, you know, the German equivalent of the minister, you know, throw out the first pitch, <laughs> you know, type of thing.
1: Yeah, this is uh like you know how since we both started in in, in the country here, like early nineties and stuff, and and I mean, USC, yeah, used to have the coolest thing with, the uh, what was it called with the police, the double, I can. Oh, remember.
0: the, yeah, it was, um, I it, don't
1: was know police, that. it was police, yes, yeah, it was police, yeah. It was including, including even, uh, uh, police teams coming from Germany. It was
0: so I forgot the acronym, um, WPO.
1: God, but, I want to say, but I have no idea.
0: Mm-hmm. It's something, uh, G- GPO, I think.
1: Yeah, I know somebody like Kevin Scheldahl now was going to kill us.
0: <laughs> Mike, you know, Mike Deal was very big in it. He yes. was a champion. Yes. Uh, he competed He competed a lot. In, oh, DPO, DPO is what it's called, DPO. And uh, what happened was TPO was very popular in Germany. And when it died in Germany, it pretty much died everywhere. Yeah. So police dog trials, when they died in Germany, they, they just died out everywhere.
1: But we do have the USPCA mm-hmm. and they do have their certifications and they do have their events and
0: it's, a, it's a little different. I mean, like we try, sure. I try to always, uh, you know, share articles, uh, you know, from USCA magazine, we're lucky to have that our editor is also an editor of the police magazine. Oh,
2: wow. okay.
0: Uh, so we always try to share, uh, share articles and things like that, but, um, what happens is when you're in law enforcement or near military it's very easy to explain why you use working dogs. <laughs> it's a lot more difficult as a hobbyist <laughs> to explain that. So what we have to do is really just show people how much fun it is, how you know, how it, how the dogs enjoy it, you know, we have to it has to be done at a very basic level like any promotion. You know, the four the four P's of marketing promotions has to be one of them. And you know, when we promote, um, you know, you and I are both part of in a sport, and when we promote to our people, that's all we're promoting it to is to our people. Correct. Right? I really do. Feel, yeah, I mean, like, you know, we're in an echo chamber.
1: Yeah, we actually course, have certainly. talked about you and me about this, that we just kind of pump each other up. But that's not mm-hmm. the point
0: no it's not the point and and the only way really you know if we want to promote it in the public is to do it in the public and not hide and i know some people in the eu they want to hide by work they want to and i and i just feel like it's the wrong way to go but that's you know, my opinion there are a
1: bunch of differences though i think uh like i'm quite optimistic for the united states
0: our country is just uh, because of lot- the
1: laws that we have the like the oh, different yeah. understanding of, you know, what protection really means, like self-protection. And
0: and, and you know what? I, I, this is where, um, you know, to get back, I guess, in a very long uh, in a very big circle, uh, to get back to your FCI question that you asked early on, is because of the size of the FCI and their ability. This is what I got to give AKC a lot of credit for. Uh, akc is on top of all legislative things in every state yeah true they are all over it i don't i mean if you're if i don't know if you subscribe to some of the newsletters yes, but yes. if there's anything legislative going on in my area i get an email right away contact this here's the link blah 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 I, you know they wanna you know this is what i gotta to give them credit uh i mean they're not you know watching out for dog sport or anything like that but they do watch out for a lot of things and i struggled to find an equivalent version of that in in the european kennel clubs you know really um where is the you know where's the political outreach of the the austrian kennel club the okv or the the german kennel club the vdh uh right you know it's all reactive it's all
1: you know yeah
0: i mean think think about it ivan right dog 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 uh, dog trials the the type of work we do is it's a it's a hundred years old true it, it's over hundred years old and only now what we're starting to educate the public in the EU you know I give I mean I, I give uh, Patricia and Florian and and those guys a lot of credit uh, and Peter for you know uh, organically starting up this uh, canine support organization but. You know where has where have the kennel clubs been for hundred right. years?
1: Right, That's the frustration. That's really where the frustrating part is. Because,
0: but I do feel very, uh, um, I don't know if pessimistic is the right word, but I just feel very uh, negative right now about what's going on in Austria and you know how it could just be a domino that makes other dominoes fall in the European Union.
1: In the European Union, but i at least for a while. It's almost like a like a wake-up call for us and it comes a little bit delayed just like with all the bands on electric collars and prone callers mm-hmm. i think it gave us enough time here to to say hold on this is we we need to talk about we're not gonna just accept what somebody or science or or whatever says we're not gonna just follow whatever you guys say and and so we we put quite a bit more resistance in the States than in Europe. And I think partially it's because we, we already see what happens there. So if the sport gets shut down, I, I believe that we, we're going to freak out again and we're going to come up with something, hopefully.
0: I don't, I, you know, I don't think in countries like Sweden uh, it's going to get shut down or anything like that. Really? But I because they they're very well positioned and, and and the public is very well educated on what's going on with these dogs. But of course everybody's just one or two bad videos away from correct so something cataclysmic happening, you know. But it's just uh in USA I think we're a lot more decentralized. Um you know, municipalities, every municipality, every state has their own kind of regulations on, on various things. So we don't have uh the federal government uh you know regulating rodeo
1: how is it about the rules of fci when when the like if the rules continue to well i i I honestly don't see what more can change but but if they keep changing would there be a time where the americans here we we can say okay we we just gonna do our thing from that point on like how do you feel about this because you're you're in 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 both worlds i mean you're you're in the board of i think
0: i think that you know at some at some point i mean like we're i think you and i are both aware you know we face that point when uh, people try to remove the uh, stick pressure from, you know stick from the routine and i you know I understand the rationale, you know, the you know, Pierre and I talk about this all the time. You know, you just you know, people say you can't explain to a person, you know, a mom and a kid why we're hitting a dog with a stick. Okay, I get it. Uh but then you also can. <laughs> you can also demonstrate it like you know, people do and you know, but you know, that the stick doesn't really hurt the dog and it's a pressure, you know, blah blah blah. But I've to to get back to your question is I already get a lot of pushback inside the organization from people that have been in the sport for a long time that uh, on this very topic um, of basically the rules becoming easier they're no longer significant we're not testing the dogs anymore um, you know I don't think we're there yet um, I understand what the FCI is doing with the IGP one routine. They're trying to make it easier for more people to pass. They have more people involved. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with the changes, but mm-hmm. um, some of them, anyway. I mean, some of them are, I think, making more difficult. Like IGP one routine, I think, in protection is be- is more difficult. Obedience it's is easier.
1: It's side- almost from the the are chasing, mm-hmm. like like training things that are just irrelevant eventually, right?
0: I mean, there, there's some things that are relevant that are easier, and I, you know, I feel like especially because of all the jumping problems we have, and you know, with our dogs, um, you know, making the jump shorter um, is certainly not um, helpful. in if we're going to say, okay, well, this is part of our breed selection, so actually, in USA, uh, in our breed surveys, we've implemented a jump test. It's voluntary oh, wow. right now. Yeah, so a handler can refuse
1: a jump test. We do have to a dog. jump test. In like I, I, so, I wow.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, we, we do have it in our breed surveys, and we also have stick pressure in our breed surveys. But, uh, and a person can refuse the jump test, and all the judge does is not a pass or fail, but the judge makes a notation about dog's jumping ability, uh, just like any other Beautiful. thing, you know, no pass or fail. And breed, it's information for breeders. Beautiful. You know, like, this dog is hesitant jumping, this dog has powerful jumping, this dog is effortless, whatever. And it's the information for breeders. How long it's been? Wow. We actually, we voted it in this year, earlier this year, um, okay. um, um, but our executive board is very passionate about, you know, making sure we have a healthy breed, and I'm fortunate to be working with these uh, uh, crazy volunteers that put themselves out there as lightning rods for everybody, but yeah, the executive board actually, I think unanimously, we uh, we approved the recommendation of the Breed Advisory wow, Committee. That's, to implement so the test. Yeah. that's
1: so exciting. That's so exciting. I mean, I.
0: So yeah, we do deviate. We do deviate, Ivan, sometimes. But you know what? If you want to have internationally recognized titles, which is the battle we, you know, you know, how do you maintain that, you know, and offer that to your members? Because people want internationally recognized titles. And if you know, if you and I start uh, deviating too much from the IGP program, that's a uh, universal FCI program or whatever, then it's a question. You know, are we still doing IGP and people people accept the title?
1: I wish FCI will that the utility commission will give us just a little more freedom because they understand that we we can like like in my dream world I I wish that they say you know what do do your IGP program as it was but you have to pass uh, IGP by the FCI rules, you have to have that title in order to come and compete at the World Championships. So, for example, like we can have a national championship by different, well, not that different, but still like some older version of IGP rules. But as long as the dog have passed the current program, have a title, then they go and compete.
0: And I the big. Ba- the biggest thing is always the progression where do you recognize or start the progression you know so if you have let's say some kind of a hybrid igp tough version uh, as igp1 can you go for a fci version of an igp2 mm.
2: you
0: know this is where you know or do you have to repeat it you know uh, so this is where a lot of the logistics stuff and in the german shepherd world in the wsd world this is even more complicated because igp is a breeding title right uh um, that um, is accepted throughout the world of the German Shepherds throughout USV. So, of course, inside the United States, we can have our own things in allow breeding, and we have the AKC where you can basically breed untitled dogs yes. if you want. You know, no microchip, no hips, no elbows.
1: You I can. can breed I other. can breed that. Drink. I can you register it tomorrow. Can,
0: you can. You can breed dead dogs no. in the United States. Yes. Um, but none of that is allowed in WSV. And then you need, you know, working titles to breed dogs. And then we kind of harmonized on standardizing, you know, only FCI titles within the WSV. So everybody knows what an IGP one is, IGP two is, IGP three is. Um, and like I said, 75% of our members are IGP members.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but, but don't you think it's possible to have? You get your IGP one, two, three, but you also compete in a a different champion. At least you're allowed to compete in a different championship, and you're not gonna get uh, uh, banned from competing at an FCI event because you have competed at a different.
0: I think no. I I don't think that's the case. I don't think right. the FCI will ban anybody. I mean, like right now, you know, you can have right. uh, Mondio, a dog that does Mondio and compete in IGP. Also, it's not a it's not like a forbidden thing. It's Mondio is completely different from IGP, and you know, the FCI doesn't you know stop a dog that does Mondio from doing IGP. I mean, you know, this was kind of a um, the best we could do at the time. But when uh, when the stick hits went away um, in the IGP routine of the FCI, you know we implemented our own USP titles, which was basically an IGP routine with stick hits, and a member of USCA or any person actually can do USP one, USP two, USP three, and go to USCA nationals with the USP three title and breed inside USCA, but that title is not internationally cool, right. reckoned. Yeah. But if if that's what's important to you and all you care about is breeding in the United States and inside the, inside USA, because you know we have a, we have a we have a stud book, we have a but uh, we pedigrees, you know we we check all that stuff.
1: We, okay, you know, I mean I I actually still like that because you, in in a lot of ways this is thinking ahead.
0: It's just it's it's what we could do at the time, and right. I know there are some people that are very pure, you know purist. That's just like you know. Screw everything, screw WSV, screw the SV, yeah, no, you know, screw that, the that's FCI, not and that. just go to and I'm like, that's suicidal. Yeah, that's you
1: know? not that's really and that's not like that never crosses my mind, actually. I No, I, just,
0: I, I I mean like for us, you know, the best the best thing for us is a strong FCI utility documentation. It, you know, for off uh, from my perspective, a strong SV is, you know, what's best for WSV also. You know, I don't want to see the SV, you know, under some kind of government attack for IGP or anything like that. I, w- I want to see, because, Ivan, what, you know, I, I'll tell you, the, the reality of it is that my numbers might be a little off, but they're not far off. 70% of all Docsport, IGP specifically, is in Germany.
1: Really? Still?
0: Pretty close, yeah.
1: How how are we Pretty. doing in this I mean, statistics. we have
0: something like you know, UICA is like two hundred trials. You, you know, guys, a year. how how
1: many members are you? I mean, it's
0: you're. Here. We, so we have a rolling membership, and at yeah. any one time, it can go down to like three thousand seven hundred, or go up to four thousand five hundred, or upwards. Because every day somebody's renewing or somebody's not right. renewing. Yeah, we that's don't have me. Like, like
1: I, I, I never know when I'm a member. You know how I find if I'm a member when I try to log in <laughs> on the website, <laughs> okay, and I'm okay. like,
0: "Oops." <laughs> yeah, that's and then people renew and things yeah. like that. And now, now we're kind of getting a little better as uh, you know, from a business perspective, we're actually have. You know, with our database of membership, we have uh, you know automatic emails going in, going. Just now, we're starting to go out with reminders to renew and just to get better about it as an organization. But yeah, at any one time, it goes up and down, and it can vary by hundreds, you know, in, in
1: one month. But you're still by far the biggest club. In so the I don't States. really,
0: I I don't know how big some of the other organizations are, but I think we are still, you know, the biggest and. Um,
1: I would guess the only one would be DVG, but I I highly doubt it because I mean AWMA we're like we're not never have passed four hundred and fifty members, believe it or not.
0: Oh yeah, I I don't I don't really know the numbers. I, I I would get I I can only estimate if I like proportion it out in accordance with how many trials an organization holds. So you know if DVG holds thirty or forty trials. I can assume that there's something like. Uh, uh, one-fourth or one-fifth of what we are what is okay you know, I, I can only scale it I don't have to, I yeah, don't have numbers yeah. it, it doesn't really matter we have, no. we have a lot of numbers that are members of both it's fine
1: right it, uh, I think people, that's also fine for sure
0: yeah people should do what you know makes them happy we have a lot of AW members that are yes. also usda members and I mean, vice look versa. At
1: me I haven't had a German Shepherd in in I don't know how long it's been now but I and and this is probably why I i kind of i become a member renew my membership but then i forget it and then oh shit i need to renew it again and but i'm on and off but i you know i think it's important to uh, well i don't see if it's important or no but i i am a member of pretty much everything um
0: it's it's, um i mean i'm i'm not uh i'm not a member of really um i join uh, i think i'm a member of the canadian uh, organization and uh, I'm not really a member of any other organization, um, but uh, really, I I only com- I only compete in USCA and WSB. But, uh, I could tell you that in my club we have three or four Mellanlock, uh people. Right. Uh, you know, my youth Malinois handler. Uh, you know, I think you know Shashti, Yeah, um, she she's also in my club. And, and, um, yeah, I mean everybody's welcome. It, uh, you know, uh, we, we you know I love all working dogs. It's the I love only to see way, boxers, really good Rawwellers, good Dobermans, you know, uh, giant schnauzers, and you know we have we have everything, and you know, which is nice. It's actually nice to see, which is why at WDC I love I love that trial, even though we don't have a qualification requirement. So sometimes you might get like a a dog that shouldn't be there, you know. But right. uh, it, you know, I still love to see all the breeds come out and you know and and compete uh, together.
1: Yeah, i I mean USCA man, it's it's just this tradition of the ability to put bunch of big trials in the same year. Like big entry trials, you know? It's, it's, still, it's, it's always like impressive. An... It's always impressive.
0: We are for, we're fortunate that we have you know great volunteers who step up, you know, to host the event we really really support our clubs with whatever resources they need you know we really um we really try to uh support the club uh that's co-hosting the event with uh, financial support which is the most important thing Is you know we we pay for the helpers we pay for the track layers we pay for pretty much all expenses <laughs> the club doesn't have to pay for anything i mean of course there's some out-of-pocket stuff but we'll reverse them but yeah usca pays for everything
1: yeah, that's that's where
0: which makes it which makes it somewhat easier for a club. It's still a lot of work, but I'll tell you, like we have some clubs that are not big clubs at all. Like um, Mike Sweeney's club, OG Westfall, and put on the nationals uh, this year. Um, you know, they they don't have a lot of members. Um, uh, we have uh, Jim Jamalways club, who's put on W, uh, uh, you know, Middle Ohio, who's put on WDC uh, several times. They're a very small club. Also, uh, it's just. Very nice, uh, you know. Um, we, they do a very nice job with just overall management, and then USCA, of course, comes in and helps with the expenses, cover the expenses. But
1: how are, how is it the membership? Do you know, like, as far as uh, age brackets, like, are are there any young people coming uh, in? We, don't, we,
0: we do, we do have a lot of, quite a bit of young people, but we don't really like keep the demographic. It's really not. Appropriate yeah. to ask people their right. age when they join, but I can tell you when I'm judging out there. For the most part, um, I notice um, there's a there's a lot more youth handlers, um, and then there's people also that are just like working professionals that have this as an outlet, and then of course, um, also you know, so people in their twenties, thirties, and forties. Yeah,
1: and- that was one of the cool ideas the Canine Net Sports came up with the. Uh, uh, You know, whenever somebody has gives a seminar or a workshop to allow one or two young people to join for free without having to pay, I think that it seems like this is a like the the young people like it, and and of course they get their pictures. Like it it, it kind of gets you in at the door, you know.
0: I, I, I still, you know, I still go back and, and maybe you and I will disagree on this, but maybe not. I still go back to is if we want to grow, we have to be more, we have to be more in the public square and get young people to say, this is some cool stuff. How do I get into this, mom? Right. <laughs> you know, instead of doing some other activity that they do, you know. And if we they get to, get to in- see
1: it, it's hard not to like when you see it.
0: Well, exactly it's you know you see this beautiful healing let's yeah. say that you know or you know like uh, or some emotions that people are showing the exercises the retrieves even the control and bite work and and just how neutral the dog is around everybody and then when it's time to work against the helper the dog does that and people are like wow this is so cool but you know you know like you said canine and sports is a great thing by promoting youth participation but i feel like it's youth we already have in the sport, right? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, very And we true. need
0: to get and we need to get more out into the public square is how I feel and, and and do that. So I'm actually kind of trying to get it to gel in my own brain and try to uh, in the coming year, uh, from a USEA perspective, try to get more of that going um, at a regional level at first, and then um, maybe even at some local club level. Um, and then also getting more involved with the uh, municipality politicians, with the state politicians, you know, the first pitch thing that I was telling you about, getting them to throw out the first pitch and be the guest of honor type of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, man, there there is options for sure. One That's... difficulty is that our sport, like, it's not so easy to convince to, to you know, a school or, or some stadium, some, some sports, arena to host a championship or host even a smaller event we always do it a little bit outside Mm -hmm. and if we possibly if we do it in a in a more populated area then the kids will come because it's it's right there instead of having to drive an hour to some Village that nobody ever goes there for exactly. no reason, in the middle of, you, know? you know, in
0: the middle of Ohio or in the middle of Indiana right. or in the middle of you know whatever. Yeah, I of course, yeah, that 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 for sure is. But I, I'm not just talking about you know big trials. I'm talking about just the promotional activities going on. I'm talking about, about hey, there's a fair going on. Let's say I don't know if you have right. in Florida, but yeah, we yeah, have fairs yeah. all the time. And I'm like, hey, we're gonna you know, get this ring going, you know, do some obedience with three dogs or four dogs, then do some protection, you know, people can come in to this little arena, you know, stand next to the dog as the dog is doing protection and see what it's about. And see how neutral the dog is and and how well behaved the dogs are and just, you know, promote it in a public square like that versus...
1: It's just that we are kind of strange group of people. Mm. All, All together, we like if we were that social and that kind of You know, like there is a reason why we are training dogs out on the fields. Yeah. For some, in some way, right? And, and I'm sure there is certain individuals that would love to go and, and make this kind of promo and, and, and interact. But a lot of the dog people, they're in dogs for, for the reason that, they're not so social like I think I don't know
0: well we have all kinds you know so yeah of course like if you want you know not everybody can be a salesperson that everybody can be right. a marketing person you know so you, you, you get the people that can and and
1: ask maybe them to do with something. the streaming and the advertisement now with social media you know like if we make how how dog competitions become more streamed live, if those get advertised correctly and people start to watch those instead of swiping on TikTok, or or maybe, I don't know, maybe.
0: Actually, my son, my son is the one that uh, my son, he goes to Boston College. He's a senior at Boston College. He actually said to me that we're doing a very piss poor job uh, promoting uh, to young people, whether it's through Instagram, TikTok or whatever. Right. He said, he said, you know, because he has, obviously, he's got a lot of Schutzen, um gear. He wears a lot of sweatshirts that I, you know, he took from me, or T-shirts. And he says, wherever, whenever he wears it in college or anywhere, everybody thinks they're the coolest thing ever. And they're like, what is this Schutzen stuff, you know? So he shows them video. He's written papers about it in school. Like, you know, actually, uh, people think it's just so cool and um even you know you know this is the, you know he just got him involved in it through wearing clothes.
1: Right. Does USCA have a like an Instagram, TikTok account or no?
0: So um, we have a Facebook account. We we do have an Instagram account, which is uh, dormant. Uh, we don't have a TikTok account. No, we don't. But should we? Yeah.
1: Maybe we should try.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. We 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 definitely should. And um, uh, this coming year, I think. Um, It'll be uh, great. The biggest thing I find is that you need somebody fairly well-versed in, uh, in social media, Instagram and TikTok, to manage this uh, effort. And it takes time to put quality videos on there, to put quality things on there. And, you know, we're volunteers. And, you know, look at me. I'm 57 years old. I'm not a big TikToker right. <laughs> or Instagram. <laughs> you know, I just peck my way through it. But yeah if we had uh, uh, you know I have to find some volunteers that will be that you know we can trust and we they will be very active that they will take this very seriously almost as a full-time job is to put content up there and to uh, to get people to to engage but we don't do a good job with that nobody does no dog sport organization right. no I don't I don't know if you can find you know any good breed club that does it either there is I, like
1: in the last couple of years or so, there is individual people for their individual marketing that are in the sport that are doing really well with it, which is, you know, as a byproduct, it's still a, a promotion and advertisement to, to what we do. Um, but yeah, yes, if the I... clubs are doing that. that, that could be... We, i mean
0: we really we're not doing a good job nobody's doing a good job promoting the sport uh worldwide in in a, in a way like that really i you know it, it dawned on me you know probably late just because i'm old or uh, um uh, one of the youth members in my club she's a she's a dog trainer you know like a uh, also you know trains pet dogs mm. and things like that and she loves dog tricks she teaches dogs, dog tricks. She has a German Shepherd that she works with and she has a Mally, uh, two Malleys that she works with an IGP. One puppy she's starting, but she told me that she has like 1.2 followers on 1.2 million followers on TikTok or something like that. I'm like, that's insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From you know, posting like dog tricks and things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, they, this is a, uh, I mean, this is the world. And, and
0: and that's all that's all organic followers it's not, not it's not like a kennel amazing. club or yeah it's not like a kennel club or somebody else you know paying for you know facebook friends and followers this is organic you know it's it's like a you know a million followers on tiktok from do, dog tricks
2: yeah wow wow we
0: don't do a good job promotion haven we don't and i think i think the the attitude what i could see in in europe and i think you kind of get the same sense is that we're hiding igp and not really exhibiting it i think people are afraid to show dog teeth dogs doing long long bites dogs doing stuff like that
1: well in europe it's i mean we know it's there in a, such a difficult place it's a very like you you always have to look around even if you if you're not doing anything wrong it's in it, now it's ingrated in everybody that trains dog that somebody's watching you and somebody's going to challenge what you're doing and and yeah this is this is this is a huge problem um and and for them i i don't see how they can come out of that like it's, I, difficult. I, I it's a know.
0: difficult it's a difficult situation but i th- i think that um, hiding, um, hiding the sport. I guess I'm not talking about training. I'm talking about putting on exhibitions in a town square. You right, right, right. You know, right. You know, you know like dog, you know, I'm talking about things like Knut Fuchs does. You know, with his, uh, you know, he does a good job, I think, promoting, um, yes, uh, you know, uh, training and, and things like that. You know, just you know these um, these very nice images of dog sport. Yes. um Speaking um, of
1: which, I'm um, he, he's I'm. Um, um, i'm gonna have him in probably the next podcast because uh, because of well there is a lot of reasons why but I... one of the reasons is this you know
0: yeah no he's doing i i feel like he's doing a really really good job doing that you know like just promoting this uh to the public and um we don't i, I don't you know he's not hiding that and, and we you know like I, I feel like at a higher level at a kennel club level you know like we're hiding you know, and I and, and I think that because we're hiding, people automatically get the sense that you know something is wrong. And then I also feel like when you are hiding and you're not proactive about promoting and being proud of what you do, you're starting to die, it, and it and it's a slow death. And right, I mean, you you either you either are happy and proud of what you do or or you're not, <laughs> right? I mean, like I, I'm I'm very happy with dog sport, and you know, and and I. I love to show off my dog and I love to see dogs working and, you know, I'd love to see, you know, Sanuk doing long bites or, right. you know, another doing long bites. You know, I, no, for yeah. so
1: many of us, it, it's really the most uh, meaningful thing in life, which is kind of crazy to even say, but it like you, we really, it's the most, it's the place where you feel at home and you get the satisfaction and the joy of that that thing of working with dogs it's there, there is just no other experience that i can and i have many hobbies but nothing it's, come close nothing
0: i i mean when you're when you're out there when you're stepping on the field with your dog it's like jumping out of an airplane with a parachute not knowing whether it's going to open <laughs> i like it yeah. you know because you yeah. Obviously, it's a dog that you know you train, but you're still, you know, you know it's it's still a dog. So you know, it, it, of course, hopefully, if you you've done a good job, so you guys are you're in harmony on the field. But still, you don't know when you say souk to your dog at the tracking flag, you don't know what's going to happen. Oof. You kind of hope, I
1: and have you maybe a... don't
0: happen, I know the training was going to happen, but you know, you know, it's happened to me. It's happened to a lot of people. Or you know, if you say foos to a is, dog, and, yes.
1: Of course, but that's why we do it though. I mean, I mean, if it was
0: oh it's a, it's a, I did say it's also
1: adrenaline for
0: us yeah I know
1: there there is the gamble. Here we go. Let's see yeah. if today was... For
0: you much more of a gamble than for me because you're a much more well known uh professional, so I give you a lot of credit uh for stepping on the field and showing off your training because yeah. uh, you know this is what you do. No, seriously, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. This is this is a big thing for me. You know, professionals then don't back it up. So people like you, people like Canute, people like Marco, um, you know,
1: yeah, there is a little bit more at stake for sure. But yeah, but what can you do? Like I there there is times that I'm like, I should not be doing this. Like, why am I doing this? And then I have one dog and then I have another dog. And and now I can talk to you with so much excitement and passion about my new dog that it's just about a little over two years old and and talking about tracking and he's just this natural vacuum machine that is just Mm -hmm. you know like some dogs they track and they're Mm -hmm. on the track and he's like in the track like it's nothing to do with training it's like possessed with Mm -hmm. it's like this is he loves
0: it he loves doing it he loves it
1: and I know there's gonna be problems in tracking. It's inevitable in some trial that we're not gonna do well, but I know that if we don't do well, I know that he's good tracker somehow. Mm-hmm. It's it's okay, you know, to where I've had dogs that they're tracking always been a tough one. And I have had like, man, I mean, I probably, I don't know, like I gotta go to working dog and check, but I, with my f- first one, I. I think I had like two or 300 points and like, it's, you know, but what I wanted to say is what you mentioned. It's always uh, that uneasy feeling before the track and Mm -hmm. and all the way until the very last moment. You're just like underwater, like a, Mm -hmm. and, but that's why we do it. I think that's the the if it was just like oh let's just glide and it's a different kind of fun there is the gamble and the gamble in igp is it's a lot i mean like it's a torture in some ways what we do
0: i i I enjoy it a lot i mean my young dog now he's just he's over two years old uh he's two and three quarters or something like that He's similar to your dog, loves tracking, very smart uh, on the track. And it's the first dog I've ever had in my life when I know when I say, you know, track at the flag, that he will never quit and Can always he, go to the end. Unless the dog is physically there's something wrong with him. I know he might miss an article or something like that, but I know that he will never quit the track.
1: Yeah.
0: That's an awesome feeling.
1: It's definitely an amazing feeling and it allows you to uh, like appreciate just instead of trying to teach you can step aside and just enjoy the natural ability it's just it's a cool well, thing oh yeah
0: I do enjoy it um, I wish we lived in a better climate for it but I don't know how you guys do it with fire ants
1: but we don't have that. <laughs> We, yeah
0: we do have snow
1: what do you i mean you primarily have grass tracking or or do you have some dirt
0: where we now where we live it's all grass it's all we grass, don't have, right? We 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 rarely very rarely have dirt uh which and if we do have dirt it's cornfield so what know. do you
1: do to prepare for dirt stuff you go places
0: you usually travel yeah.
1: yeah
0: yeah we have to travel like we don't have sod you know so when tracking is on sod let's say Um, At a national event, tracking is on sod. I'll have to drive somewhere to Albany, New York area, or you know, three hours away to track on sod. USC, does
1: do you guys still have the? Like I remember at one point there were there was something like some education and some something was done around tracking and track layers and stuff. Do you still have?
0: yeah no uh it's actually uh it actually grew quite a bit we have a formal track layer program like a helper program oh wow it's run by mark chaffin and a few other uh uh, guys like tim reber and um it's a you can actually download the track layer program you know as a pdf file you know track layers get books like helpers get books they get classification. We don't know. Oh, do tra- track layer seminars. No, no, we do, we do. Yeah, we have a track layer program. Yeah, it became official a couple of years ago. Do you um, know of other
1: clubs, like anywhere in the world, that have it?
0: I, I'm not aware. of No, it,
1: no. right? And it's a, really it, it is an important thing. Because I,
0: I, I mean, we think so, which is why we have a program. Right. We have a lot of people that are passionate about it, and you know, we we have a lot of people with track layer uh, scorebooks. Uh, you know, that are uh, you know proud to lay tracks at trials and have them recorded in their track layer books, and we classify track layers. Also, you know, we have a, a wow. really good national track layers that that, that come off for national events and lay tracks, and you know, it it's an art. Yes, <laughs> it actually,
1: is. yes, and it, at least. So
0: make sure every track is consistent,
1: you know. Correct. At least one piece of the puzzle of tracking in a trial has a little bit of consistency, which is uh, the competitors appreciate that.
0: They do. and I mean, you know, it's still because you compete a lot yourself. You know, some of it is the luck of the draw. You know, somebody might get crazy windy rain and another person might get in a beautiful, cool day with no wind at all.
1: Let's go back to your judging when you like you kind of judge now quite a bit. How often do you see like the, the old, like, I don't even know how to say it, but like, like the old school type of training that shows up to where the, the dogs are clearly, they would rather not be doing this. Let's put it that way. uh,
0: I, I see it still. Quite a bit, but not necessarily because of old school training. Mm. It's because of the quality of the dog. Some dogs just don't have it in them to um, to be this uh, flashy, uh, energetic, or dominant animal. I mean, um, it's few dogs that we're talking about that have you know qualities that like that. But for the most part, the training has come along very well. You know everybody with access, whether it's to social media, YouTube, blah blah blah, and just information from people like yourself, and 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 you know they they've come along. So, but what I find is when I see dogs like that, and it, it still pretty much happens at every trial. It's not necessarily because of the training. There is an occasional one because of the training, and mm-hmm. we've had you know some at a, you know one at a national championship, sometimes two. You know you know it's. You know, but for the most part, ninety-nine percent. When I see a dog like that, it's because of what you know. The dog just doesn't have it, or the handler maybe just doesn't
1: have it. You know, yeah, physically like to trying, inspire trying the to dog. Trying to have the kid do boxing when they would rather do yeah, athletics Yeah, or, or, or
0: you know, we have, I mean, like let's say you know, let's say let's say it's a, a you know somebody that just has a a, a dog they can't play tug of war with because of physical limitations or something like that. So. You know, you get in what you put, you know, you get out what you put into the dog, you know, you know, if if the dog thinks it's a lot of fun, I mean, they're still self-serving animals. They do what makes them feel good and they don't like to do what doesn't make them feel good. If they think there's a lot of play and happiness and and things like that, the drive up drive level, of course, goes up. But a lot of people just physically are not able to, to do it. And then you see that on the field and then, of course, you see dogs on the field that don't have the flashy obedience
1: in. and that's also where to, to have the tactfulness uh, like you know when you're, oh, yeah, when good you're judging judge, how to handle this and because this can make that person go and do something else or get two more dogs and get even more into it and never even give up on the dog that they have at the moment. So, uh, like, the judge is probably, like, critical point at that time.
0: I, I, I learned, you know, I had some, you know, some, had some good people that, you know, mentor me along the way. Um, and I can tell you is that I always try to say positive things because the sport is hard enough. And judges can kill the sport if, like, critiques by their nature are negative. It's a negative word. A critique by its nature is a negative word, and that's what the judge gives at the end of the routine. So let's say you have a dog that is not, uh, was trained, you know, the best the can knew how. The dog is just not super drivey, uh, but dog, you can see, they definitely have a good relationship. And I'll say that. I'm like, the dog loves you. You can tell that on the field. You know, I, I'll say, like, I, I'd love to see more energy. You know, I'd love to see more correct, uh, you know, behavior, you know, but... Still, the dog loves you. The, the dog relationship is there. Yeah, the dog did everything you asked. You know, you know, you have to realize that these people aren't training for the world level, the national level, or anything like that. They're just going out there to have fun with friends at a club. Correct. You know, it's an activity they're doing away from their family, maybe, you know, after work or something like that. And like. And as know, much it, as
1: it looks like the dog doesn't really get the kick out of it, they still enjoy the dog. Weekly trainings and the interactions and the whole thing. It's
0: still fun for the dog to get right. the ball, of course, right. or the, you know, or get the tug toy, of course. And it's and it and it's the benefit to just the mental state of the dog, to the physical state of the dog. You know, this is the kind of things we need to be describing to the public because this dog could be at home lying on the couch doing nothing, just right? And going instead, this twice dog a day day on a
1: flexi around the block. Yeah,
0: and and instead this dog is being mentally, physically stimulated, uh, you know, um, doing, you know, things that are fun and, you know, yeah. I mean, judging is the, you know, can make or break a lot of the sporting activities too. It can discourage people from the sport. It can encourage people into the sport. I am not perfect, far from perfect, uh, obviously, as a judge. I have people that don't like the scores I give them. You know they they think they should get more. Um, no,
1: I couldn't, you know, do, I, it.
0: <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I couldn't do it. it almost never happens at a club level. Almost never at a club level. Everybody is very, um, um respectful. Very uh, what I encounter, you know, just very welcoming. And you know, it's like somebody is bringing you into their you know into their home, into their community, and the, you know, whereas the championship right. level is different. You know, people are going, coming from everywhere into somebody else. But um yeah, I I you know, I do enjoy club judging. Um, there are some tough judging moments of course, when you can have uh, 12 BHs and uh, you know two IGP dogs or something like that then you know it's a it's a weekend um, judging all BHs, which is I not like necessarily I am I, you know,
1: ashamed oh. to say this, but we just had a trial with, I don't know, 10, 10 BHs. No, no, it's it's fine. It's out. fine.
0: I'm just saying. i just saying. Say as a judge, as a judge, I mean, of course, you like right. to see people at the entry level, but also you like to see retrieves, and you like to see bite work, and you like to see tracking. Yes, you know. So yes. Uh, and with the BH, you know, you know, you get to see, you know, two, you know, two rounds of obedience on an operation and, off leash and then, uh, an impartiality test. And,
1: and speaking of Austria and talking about the BHs right now, even even that little piece somehow got left out, you know, in the, oh, we are teaching dogs to bite men and this is such a bad idea. It's like, no, they, like the very first thing we do is making sure that these dogs will not Stable. have a loose Stable. screw and do stupid things. This is the very first thing we do. And somehow we fail to have that in in the arguments.
0: It's not, it's just a, it's an overall, Ivan, mean, it's an overall failure, you know, it's not, You know, it's, uh, you know, we can go, you know, we can start, you know, of course, FCI is the global organization, but this is really country, local matters. This, you know, this should be handled by kennel clubs um, because they are, they should be the most familiar with their politicians, with their, uh, with their laws and and things like that. And there should be, they should be the drivers. I mean, how many kennel clubs in the EU, you know, that have a political outreach,
1: (laughs) So what do you think we do like what do you think like we do in our country, like the German Shepherd Club, the Malino Club, the AWDF, like like the the places that at least we can talk to each other and get organized, like how can we come up with some plan, like how to move forward to to protect what we do, I guess.
0: I think, I mean, I think the first thing to do would be to get some dynamic individuals into a working group and not a big working group, but a small one that can actually function and start putting ideas on the table. And I'm talking about people with, um, from various backgrounds, business experience, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, some experience in dealing with politicians or whatever, you know, obviously training experience and, um, and, and we need to do that. And we need to be proactive about it. And it, I mean, like, uh, I it doesn't, you know, I have no pride in ownership on this one or anything like that. If uh, if this is something that um, um, the AWDF wants to do uh, to get, but I, if it starts to be like a just a group of people talking about things, it it, it it's not meaningful. It needs to actually be like a, a group with a charter. Of doing specific things and and being very focused and very dedicated to that. Coming up with the ideas for that instead of some kind of a nebulous thing that, you know, accomplishes nothing. Yeah. But I'm I'm all for it. I mean but but I I think the the first thing that we should we need to do is organize. You know, have uh have some have some really uh different opinions.
1: Right. Get 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 some a Group of people, right?
0: And I'm, and I'm, and I, you know, like, uh, we, if you take a sample of our population, I'll bet you, if we put an outreach out there in my organization, AWMA, DVG, um, uh, and other organizations in USA, you're gonna get people with all kinds of backgrounds. 100%. You, you probably get even some politicians. <laughs> I know, I know one of our um, uh, apprentice judges right now, Ray Jeffers, uh.
1: Yes, a, I know. Is a
0: politician in North Carolina.
1: I know. <laughs> I I I kind of followed him. I'm like, oh, look at him! Really, he really is going to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he doing it. Yeah, he's then, doing yes. it. but uh, I think also the what you think of inviting. Like like local police to do demonstrations before the closing ceremony or something. You know how those were cool things back then. You know, coming from the helicopters and stealing the woman with a stroller. I think
0: that's also. I think that's also great. Everything we can do to do is awesome. I think the one thing right now, Ivan, that you know, I think we fight, you fight, um, is uh, the attendance at events. Because of live streaming is way down, way down. Mm. So even when you go to a world championship, unless you're in some very um, special place, um, city center or something like that, or a big town center, uh, you're not, you know, know, live streaming, you know, people just watch it on their phones or on their computers at home.
1: Wow. Didn't think of that, but that's true.
0: It's really uh, um, I've noticed attendance go down quite a bit because of uh, you know live streaming, but it is the modern age. People people do want it, and if you don't have live streaming, they uh, scream
1: for it. Right, right, right. No, no, I mean it's so convenient. Yeah, I mean, but I'm
0: I'm 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 for anything that promotes what we do, our breeds, the working breeds. Yeah. It'd it be great to to have that and, you know we have we do have relationships with obviously there's a quite a bit of quite a few police people that do the sport in my organization. I know that for a fact um um not I mean like uh, Mike deal is retired now, but he used to be in charge of all canine uh, um in Indianapolis in the city of Indianapolis yeah. um but you know yeah, of course we can get we can get police through the demonstration. My biggest issue is just attendance and you know
1: right who do you demo- little demonstration too. No, that's that's yeah because uh wow, I haven't thought of this and this is so true. I mean I know that we don't we don't get like people coming in, but I always thought of different reasons, but I can see totally how streaming uh, affects that as well. It does. It really does. And and you cannot. There is no way you can st- stop streaming. That's no, not no. Right.
0: It's the modern age. No. I, I think my biggest focus and in, in just New Year resolution for myself is uh, what we talked about is the promotion and 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 doing the right things to build the longevity in the states as much as I can and being in the WSV board of directors at least having some positive or a different voice for ideas in Europe.
1: What is but the term I, I, to be how how long? What is the
0: three three years normally? I'm in my second year and then you know you can run for re-election yeah. or not.
1: How do you like being in, in, in that high of a position?
0: Um it's um it's a lot um it's so being a president of USDA is pretty challenging. For sure. <laughs> um it's 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 because I mean a lot of it is um, um it it it's just challenging because there's a lot of uh things organizations face on a daily basis and a weekly basis and a monthly basis you know some of them more some of them could be existential mm-hmm. uh to an organization um and we' we've dealt with that you know we've gone through it we've gone through a you know a fire in you know early twenty twenty and stuff like that but being on the board of WSV gives you a whole different perspective because you get to hear from Uganda, you get wow. to hear from German Shepherd Dog Club in China, you get to meet with all of these people, um, you know, during the, the Seeger show in Germany, um, WSV board meets with whoever uh, wants to meet with us, any country uh, member club that meets, so they're given like, whatever, 30 minutes or something like that, they come in. And what we found was it was interesting because we met with a person that I have a lot of respect for, uh, Mr. Chen, who is the president of the club in China, German Shepherd Club in China. Very dedicated and, you know, spends a lot of his own personal um, um, fortune taking care of animals in China, you know, shelters, cats, dogs, just very passionate about animal, uh, making sure animals are cared for and things like that. Very, very um um, um, successful man, and it was interesting because he's also represents um, countries in his region. Um, and, and then when we were asking him certain questions, and he was asking us certain questions, you know, because uh, WSV is moving to this harmonization uh, scheme, where we're trying to, you know, throughout the WSV organization, we're trying to make, you know, make sure that people have the same uh, follow the breeding regulations yeah. in the same way, and all of that. And we asked, you know, Mr. Chen, you know, how, you know, how they were doing in, you know, in Asia Pacific. And, you know, it was interesting. His answer was like, we're just trying to survive. We're not looking at some of these higher, you know, things. We're just trying to survive. You know, that's like, and it kind of brings it home, you know, like you and I are talking about growing the sport, promotion for youth, you know, certain things, you know, like, like that Instagram, TikTok and There's countries out there that have dog organizations who are just trying to survive. Yeah, And that's the perspective that I got from uh, being on the board of directors of WSV that I never had before. So you get to see, you know, I guess, you know, you get to see under the hood of some other organizations that are not as fortunate as we are, you know, um, or Germany or whatever. And then you uh,
1: probably have to... I mean, I'm sure there is, like, I know... I know back in Bulgaria there is the one German Shepherd Club, there is the other one, and they always fight and who's gonna be member of the WSV and so th- i I'm sure you Yeah, Bulgaria, you have yeah, I know Bulgaria very yeah, yeah, Bulgaria, as know, well, right?
0: Yeah, Bulgaria um, has some very um it's kinda uh, um <laughs> it was a it's a strange situation right now, but I actually think that they're working together to uh, um um uh to, to make uh to do the best thing for the German Shepherd. And yeah. that's kind of we met with uh with two of them um um and they really are trying to reconcile and and put aside their differences for the breed because it will just it was it's uh, um
1: but as you said it's not, it's it's the, not, same. the
0: the fighting the fighting is not good. I mean sometimes, you know, you do have the the feuds and of course, you know, we're guilty of it too. In USA, you know, we feuded and you know we've uh hopefully, you know, are in a better way now for everybody, but that's, um, it has to come to an end. But uh, as you know, you know, sometimes organizations are also reflections of the people that right. are uh, in them and that are in power in certain positions. And some people are just hard to get along with. Yeah, yeah. And some, and they they didn't, they didn't work with you. They, didn't, they, you know, it's almost like a, they just want to see the world burn, <laughs> right. you know, to, uh, to borrow a line for Batman. You know, some people just want to see the world burn. Um, but I I, I mean, like it's move. it's
1: the 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 people that there, there is like a certain type that want to get to a position like it, it's not it's not the, the passion of about dogs or sport. It's this growth of me becoming uh, in some, yeah, some, some status some status s- thing yes. and then like it, yeah. and it it, it and it's so obvious but then we have the other people that are like well I just want to train my dog I don't want to be a president I don't want to be in a committee to help I just want to train my dog
0: that's um that's a 9789% <laughs> of the population I think and then there's the 1% that uh but sometimes sometimes uh that uh one person can be uh, very dangerous to an organization it right. can be we try we try you know i mean it's it's always you, you know you hope an organization is kind of like a self policing body too that they can they can manage to deal with that but sometimes it's not possible but um we are uh, we're um um i don't know how how it evolved into this and i guess i came into it late you know, I've been president for a few years, but um and First, vice president how before. That, but how, but how all of this, you know, animosity uh, started between people specifically. I'm not even talking about organizations. I think I have a good handle on the history of that. But between people, how, right. you know. But then what happens is when people, some of those people become uh, more powerful and they become, uh, you know, um, in charge of something. And then they carry that animosity and that chip with them. Yeah, you, uh, you, you you And I think that's what. Ha- I think that's what happened in Bulgaria. Just to go back to Bulgaria,
1: right? right. No, no, for it's sure. The same,
0: it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's like these blood feuds that just wouldn't die, and then it takes some new people to come in sometimes and just say, "Okay, we give for, you know, let's move forward. Let's 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 do something to move forward."
1: Yeah, every every once in a while, like I get either from one or the other club like either they need advice or help or just to take their side and i'm like i can't like i don't it doesn't make sense to me that you guys are handful of people like right now they have uh, with the well with the malina club there it's the same thing it's like you know in some places people really think that um we all get along. And we don't get along. We don't have to get along. We don't have to like each other as long as we have some rules to follow and we are respectful to each other and we go and compete and you have your group of people that you like and you hang out and you have yours. And and then we meet, we compete, we shake hands, we say hello, we have a drink. It,
0: it's like any. It's like any sport.
1: Right? That's just... Um, but um, it, that that part is very hard for me to explain to to Bulgarians. They they're uh, very. It's all personal. It's like no, we have to oh, be yeah. friends to make a club. It's like, dude, you don't need to be friends to make a club.
0: You don't even need to be friends to be teammates on a on a football team right.
1: in Europe. <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't. Get don't. A,
0: I mean, like ideally, ideally, if you have your own club, and I'm not talking about a club like USC, I'm talking about a local club, uh, just, you know, a a local small club. Ideally, you want all the people to be able to get along. Because if you have one person, you know, in, in a close situation like that where you're training two, three, four, five times a week, and you have this one cancerous individual, you know, it's just brutal in the whole club. And that I would discourage. But when you take a big club, you know, big sample, you know, you you get all kinds of people. Yeah. Uh-huh. and, and I, hope, some... I, mean, I, I mean, like, I, I'm guilty of it, too, earlier on. And, you know, maybe I was uh, confrontational and said the wrong things and did the right, wrong things myself. And I'm guilty of it. But, I, you know, I grew, you know, when I became president of USCA and, you know, dealt with some bigger things in the world. You know, I grew as a person. Yeah. And I see now even more what I told you about going on, whether it's uh, Asia Pacific, you know, and just Mr. Chen, who has all the success in the world himself, he's just like, we're just trying to survive. <laughs> you know, is China FCI print? country or no? Yes, they are. Yeah. They are.
1: Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I mean, that's a lot of people with a lot of dogs.
0: It's growing. It's growing a lot. But, you know, in the German Shepherd world too, another country that has grown a lot. And I think almost as big as, uh, um there, I think one of the highest growth rate countries right now is India. Well, Super nice people, also very focused on the German Shepherd, want to do the right thing, nice people, very welcoming. Um, uh, that country is doing fantastic right now.
1: Uh, yeah, I just I was watching, I'm sure you saw it too. Louis was judging the yeah. confirmation. Yeah. They had these amazing trophies. There was some, uh, a yeah, very it's, cool it's photo great. with this little kid, barely holding this big, beautiful trophy. Uh, yeah.
0: We don't get those trophies in IGP. No, those are, uh, those are breed show trophies, Simon. But, but uh, I'm
1: so like, like out of our conversation, one thing I'm so excited that you guys came up with the jumping criteria Yeah, because yep. I was talking to Louis and, um, you know, whatever, a couple of podcasts ago and, and he talks so much and he knows so much.
0: Yeah, and physiology problems with the breed. over yes. overregulation. Yes, uh, all kinds of things. You know, and yeah, just- I,
1: I got some education for sure. Like it was very very cool to listen to him, but I was telling him like you guys instead of this endless running, trotting, put put a jump there also. You know that that will change the game and you can and you can do it as smart and intelligent as you guys did it it's not reinforced it's not like you must or whatever
0: but it's a a voluntary thing
1: right but it's something that uh,
0: we found we found that people people are doing it (laughs) more and more people are doing it and and like we didn't make it a pass fail either. Right now, it's not a pass fail. It's a you know it's an observation that the judge records. You know how your dog jumps, yes. basically.
1: Yes, but but it, it so makes sense. Like I, again, not going back to constantly to his conversation, but I was I you know every once in a while, especially before a, a, a show, some people locally will come and and they want to get some reps with the dogs in protection. And there are some show dogs that I personally would be interested to play around with, you know? But the first thing that always comes to mind when it comes to a German Shepherd for me is like, I wanna see that dog jump. Like everything stops right there. Just like with a Doberman, I want to see a long bite. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and not one, but give me like three long bites. Like there is, there is. You want to see the
0: you, you want to see the opening phase of the long bite?
1: Yeah. Yes, it can be so beneficial for the show line and whatever we want to call the the more the dogs that are. Yeah,
0: yeah it, no, it, it's true. It's uh, right now it's show line dogs versus you know working line dogs, and you know we had that split in the breed some years ago, and you know always trying to find that. You know, some people try to find a golden middle with the universal Seeger. How do you
1: um, think the universal seger? As a idea and and where it's going, do you think it?
0: Uh, I think it's I think it's 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 good to have the dogs that that can do it both in the breed uh, aspect and in the work aspect. It's not as pop- It's not as popular in a lot of countries mm-hmm. yet. Uh, uh but uh, which is why you know you only get you know like sixty dogs or something like that in the Universal Seeger Championship because you know um, some countries are just not you know focused on that, whereas they may be in IGP. So like in IGP, we might get competitors from um, Thailand, from you know, China, from Japan, and Universal CEO, you might not get those people at all. Um so it's still it's still in a developing it's still in a developing aspect. Uh but yeah, the the idea was to find that gold, you know, golden middle for people and to show them that, you know, a dog can work and the dog can have the breeding qualities we're looking forward to in a breed standard a lot of people but a lot you know a lot of ig people don't care you know the beauty's in the work right the dog can be the, could be the ugliest thing in the world but the dog has fantastic obedience excellent uh protection work um you know they're happy then there's a it is a strange
1: that. thing the whole conformation, and i i mean i i was uh igp judge i was a confirmation judge and confirmation the whole point of it is so it can be so you can it you it can be functional that's the the whole point was that if it okay it has to look good but you cannot disregard functionality the moment function is at risk. You, you know, beauty versus function. It, it just should not be ever a, a uh, debate. We agree. We agree 100%. 100% agree. It's,
0: um, it's But that uh, is it's money. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a situation in the German shepherd world that's fairly unique. I don't think it really exists in the Malinois world per se. or. Rock we Malinois do, do world, have
1: show dogs, but it's just the
0: There's a lot of money. There's a lot of money in the the show. show. Um, But, um, you know, people love what they love about, you know, the German Shepherd. You know, who am I to tell somebody, hey, uh, you know, your show line, you know, you shouldn't, you should get a working line dog or, you know, not love your show line dog. I mean, that's just my opinion. You know, people can, I love, I love my working line dogs, but I understand that people love their show line German Shepherds.
1: Right. I mean, I, I, I like them when, uh. Like I I like them when they can move oh, and I, I jump. You I know? actually remember
0: some of your old. I remember some of your old videos that you did with the showline German Shepherd. Yeah, you I, showed you showed one at uh, yes, a I USCA did. Championship yes. one time, I
1: think. I, I mean that wasn't like it was on I I just was in some seminar in Brazil and I the dog was young and they didn't think any of them. And within three days, that dog was just just flourishing, shining, and I got. I I fell in love with the dog. I probably would have just taken him day one for free. At the end of the seminar, I'm like, well, I know you guys don't like him, I can take him. And it's like, no, we don't take him now. And so there was a lot of negotiations and and I just got him because I really liked the dog as his personality, not like the, the looks wasn't,
0: no, but I, but it's but that's exactly my point. Is uh, right. who am I to tell you right. not to like this dog because it's a show line?
1: And but you know, I, I pay get, the I, price again.
0: I, I get you know this is a discussion I have with uh, uh, sometimes people that are very purist um, about working I mean, police heritage and things like that. And I and I you know I I can't. You know, we have we have youth people who love their show line dogs that you know train their showline show line dogs in IGP. You know, who am I to tell them, hey, you need to go to a working line dog? But I can tell you, I mean, we have just as many bad working line dogs out there too. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot there's a lot of dogs uh, you know, in the working lines also that are not like great, let's say quality dogs. I mean, at least I get it. You know, you're you're starting out with the hope of a sports car. Um but um, people love what they love. <laughs> Not everybody can deal with a dog like I have or a dog like uh, you have or a dog like, uh, you know, uh, people, you know, people just want, you know. Yeah. I, mean. I, I Like they want what they love. You know, this is what they love to do. You know, we have we have members. Most of our members are working dog dogs. Um, Enthusiasts, But we have a fair amount of members that are also um, love the show ring. And and um, I mean, one of our show, uh, one of our um, actually all of our breed uh, judges, Richard Shook, Heidi, Heidi Teast and Karen McIntyre. They're all uh, working dog people also. Mm-hmm. I and mean, they have working, you know, they they do IGP with their dogs. They train IGP with their dogs. You know, Richard's wife does bulldogs. Uh, he trains uh, working line German Shepherds. He's a show judge himself. I mean, a breed judge. You know, Heidi's a breed judge. She's also an, she's also an international breed judge, but she loves IGP and she's an IGP judge. I mean, that, there's certain there's certain things, but I, what I do hate um, what I do hate about uh, some of the you know things that I see out there in the world is just uh, the corruption aspect of it um, uh, in the breed uh, in a breed thing, and uh, I, I don't like that.
1: It is very hard because it's really that it's good money there.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's just and just, you know, it you know, I could see how it lends itself to some of that because you know, you do an IGP trial, you know, you get seven, ten dogs. You do a show, a breed event, you know, you're gonna get a hundred to two hundred dogs. <laughs> it's a lot more money. Yes. It's um it's an it's an issue that um you know was actually in some of the private meetings we have with WSV members, they express as a concern. Um, and I, it's a legitimate concern is that uh, we need to we need to do uh, a better job policing ourselves. And, and you know, being um,
1: how are our, how are the, the, the kind of the big influential people in the show world from Germany? How are they? Do they? Interact in any way with the WSV or?
0: Um, I mean, because I don't see they
1: having a reason to. But
0: no, they. I mean, of course they do because the breed standard is still the same for everybody, and you know the bigger, uh, more, um, um, more uh, well-known breed people in Germany are the ones that end up judging the breed events around the world. So. Yeah. You know, WWSV. You know, had, you know, might have a show, but it's it's not normal. But every country, every WSV member country, normally has a senior show. So you know, you'll see some of these um, more um, prolific uh, judges and and famous names in in those types of venues. Okay. So well, yeah, it, you know, you know, it's not necessarily uh, like a straight line, uh, but there's a lot of branches in WSB that uh, Germany um, is a part of, and. As they should be.
1: The herding is that a thing or it's gone?
0: Yeah, um yeah, it's actually a, a interesting fact of it for you. I'm not going to say it, uh, but I think we're one of the only other countries other than Germany that has a herding club, club an HGH club as part of our organization, Ulf Kitzel. Uh, it's his club. Um, uh, they're in New York, a state. Of, I can't remember New York or Connecticut. I think New York State, but they are the only uh, herding club. Um, I think other. Uh, yeah, nice. it's not a. It's not a. Um, it's not a super common thing because it's hard to find sheep around uh, right. USA, <laughs> you know, and and area and for people to know what they're doing to to get involved with that. But what we're also seeing is. Um, I don't know if you've heard about RH yes is, yes yeah so that that is also taken off we had our first RH national championship um you know it was a little bit uh you know not without issues as any first championship but uh it's also you know starting to kind of like grow as a as an avenue for people
1: um and WSv do they do agility trials or no
0: they, they do so right now um every WSV world championship, has had concurrently with it an agility event going on. Um, but at the latest WSV General Assembly, it was proposed that we also host an agility world championship oh, to wow. make it more formal.
1: Yeah, see, we like
0: you know, like, I'm not, a, I'm not, I don't know a lot about agility, um, and I'm not going to pretend I do, but I, I could tell you is that um, in an organization in Germany like the VDH, um, IGP used to be here and agility here now igp is way down and agility is way up
1: absolutely that's kind of why i was asking that that's without um, a doubt
0: i'm not it's just not what i do and it's not what you know usca is uh, is but if uh you know uh, people want to also do agility i am not against it i mean it's some activity they do with their with their with their dogs and yeah. uh, you know it involves some obedience involves athletic athleticism and, and things like that but um It's not, I'm not a breeder. It's not something I would use as a breeding, uh, you know, criteria, you know, for a German Shepherd, but uh, why would I be, you know, like, I, you know, like, it'd be great. If you want to go do that with your dog, do it.
1: That's the, I'm surprised that the WSV will, is thinking to combine them. No, no,
0: it was, it was combined. Now they're thinking about making it its own. Now it's, uh, to make it its own, actually, to make it bigger. To make the agility like a world championship
1: stand on its own. That's the, I think, uh, when the Belgian Shepherd World Club, when they put the obedience and agility and monduring and IGP and uh, the bike Uh, bike shoring. Yes, yes, yes. All all the same venue. It was amazing. Like it truly was a, a very, very cool stuff to see for the first few years. Mm-hmm. But then you start to realize that everybody is in their game. And you don't even have time. You know that there is big names doing very top level performances 50 meters away and and you don't have time even if you peak for a moment, you don't have time. You're 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 there for one reason.
0: Yeah, and, and and I still and I still like to pick up on something you're saying. I feel like, you know, and I give FMBB a lot of credit. I mean, those events are monumental to put on. I know they are, um, but I also feel like it they dilute each other. Yeah, and I think like I, obviously FMBB, IGP, probably you know, is the 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 crown and the jewel, and the World Cup. You know, and I think that the other events are kind of lost. A little bit in the, in terms of you know what I you know in that whole you know context of FMBB, but I but I do think if agility was on its own and, and something else was on its own, it might have been, you know might be more of an event, right? More focus, you know, more focus.
1: Yeah, I think the FMBB, uh, and I'm not hundred percent, but I think that there there's some ideas thrown again to to where it makes sense to to break the the whole all events at the same it's impossible to i mean imagine finding a sport complex somewhere that can host all this at the same time that's oh yeah it's it's it's
0: it's very difficult very difficult and and the other thing is like you know i look at that that thing is like kind of the uh, the olympics of dogs right and the thing about the olympics is like um now in the world we live in you know, they broadcast everything all at once. And you can flip from channel to channel to watch, you know, swimming to watch something else to watch something else, you know, and they they try to stagger the times and things like that. And they try to not dilute, you know, still, you know, of course, you dilute it. But whenever you have too many things going on at once, it always dilutes each other, it can't not, how can it not?
1: What is next? uh,
0: What's coming next?
1: What uh, are you judging uh, any anything big coming or? Do you have uh, anything, invitations? I mean,
0: for, for USA, them? for USA, I think everybody's kind of like uh, coming out of the Nationals, getting ready for the Working Dog yeah. Championship, which will be in May, um, in Indiana. Um, my focus in the new year is going to be what we talked about, To kind of try to now get more of a strategic outreach to uh, um, to the legislative side, to the political side, to get more, um, so, we do, so we don't suffer the same. And I know in USA it's much different, but I don't want to even come close to, to 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 having to deal with what they're having to deal with in Austria right now. I feel kind of helpless in Austria, um, um, and I feel like uh, i I feel helpless as to what may happen in Germany um, if Austria falls. But um, try to do everything to 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 help.
1: You know what is the 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 saddest thing of all this. Mm. is that country? countries that don't have to comply to such changes, they would do it because it's cool, because the Austrians are doing it. And mm-hmm. not realizing that the Austrians are going to be forced to accept that. It's not that they are just... It's not a... That, that same thing happens with like electric colors. I, I know in Bulgaria, they don't have to, but it's like, well, in Germany, they don't use them. And in these countries, they don't use them. So we don't use them because it's the cool thing. And it, it's just a little bit um, kind of sad that uh, countries that can maintain what they have, get confused
0: it's just another it's just another place that maybe we failed in educating people and right and things like that it's just it, it's a it's just a
1: when is the usa gonna be able to host a wdf event do we know that
0: um I don't know I think uh we had a club offer to host but I I um um but i I I'm I'm hopeful we can do it. Uh, I know next year, it's in California. I mean, yeah. I would love to do it. So there's no we problem. Should be,
1: there should be no reasons anymore, right? I mean, we- no. We have
0: no. We have a, we have a lot. You know, we have some clubs that can act. act, act you know, that can do it. I mean, nice. it's always it always comes down to the financial aspect for a club and just that hardship because normally when USCA hosts an event, you know, we pay for all the bills, but this will be an AWDF event. So then, you know, the financial. Um, aspect is you know you know whatever i i'm not even sure how much comes from awdf so then the club has to bear the burden of everything else so, yeah there's yeah, something
1: it, to be ironed out with the awdf with this because they don't
0: no I'm, I'm all for it i, I think it'd be great yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i think it'd be um that's awesome. usually usually when we usually when we we get the best um uh attendance if, if the trial is somewhere in uh northeastern, mid central, mid eastern part of the country we yeah. get a lot of we get a lot of entries. We get a lot of entries. Yeah, that's So I, can, I can envision if USCA hosts AWDF you might maybe have close to a hundred entries.
1: Yeah, no, no I am sure we it's gonna be a big one. I'm sure. Um, I mean I mean you guys
0: California kind of California is always difficult and have a lot of respect and love for people from Cali that drive out to the Boston area to show their dogs or to Indiana to show their dogs. But what we found is uh, as much as I love visiting California or going to California, it's very difficult to go out there with the dog. Very difficult. Yes,
1: especially, I mean, now there is no airline. I mean, Alaska and American with some crazy restrictions, but you can somehow try to manage it. Otherwise, it's I, my, driving across the country. My, my
0: dog, my, so like I give you an example. So like, and this is just a personal thing. And it's not for, I mean, for you, maybe it's a lot easier. I have a big dog right now. My dog has to fly in a 700. For me to go to a trial in California, I would have to fly through Frankfurt. Right. <laughs> yeah, i have to fly from I Boston. It. I have to fly from Boston to Frankfurt and Frankfurt to somewhere in California. Because Alaska Air couldn't even take this dog. Right. And that's the case for a lot of German Shepherd people. If your dog can't fit into a 500 crate, you know, and, you know, you're taking a risk there. But also when you go to the airport, I mean, you hope and cross your fingers and stress out about it. But if Alaska Air for some reason refuses the dog, you're kind of stuck.
1: It was so easy. Every airline and you were shopping for prices and it was so easy. Delta,
0: everybody. Everybody. Delta, yeah, I remember. Now it's now. I'm telling you, like if I flew to a trial in California, I would literally fr- fly through Frankfurt.
1: Yeah. No, I can see how that really is only on option, which is ridiculous. But wow, it just wow. It sounds ridiculous. Wow. Right? You have
0: to fly to Europe to fly to California, wow. and
1: and that's not changing. That's for no. sure not changing. No,
0: we. That, so we, you know, we. I mean, obviously, people in California and people, you know, in other places want to have a trial. In California, and I get that, you know, one hundred percent. And I, you know, of course, I support it, but it just turns out sometimes that um, it's prohibitive for some people to get out there. And I know, you know, just tell people to drive, and people will drive.
1: Yeah, but, we're uh, crazy but, uh, dog uh, people. Know, we do that.
0: We do, but it's a lot of time off from of work. It's and
1: very costly. Very costly. I mean,
0: if you have a dog that can fit in a five hundred crate, you're great. <laughs> if you don't, no. Yeah, you have to drive right. or fly, like I said.
1: Right. Man, that's that's wild. I haven't thought of this, but that's very...
0: Yeah. No, think about it. Like for me, you know, my dog is, you know, 90 pounds. He's, you know, 65 and, you know, centimeters or 66 centimeters. You know, he's not a small German Shepherd. It's a male, big German Shepherd. He flies in the 700 crate, <laughs> period.
1: Yeah. And and you really have no choice but to do something nope. crazy like that.
0: No. Nope. So I, or either that or drive.
1: Wow! I yeah, I w-
0: we are crazy dog sport people.
1: USA is always on the front in our country, without a doubt. And
0: oh, thank you for saying that. I mean, we no. Uh, I, there's I, no my question. My, phlo- my my philosophy is always, you know, as president of USA, you know, just try to do the best thing for our members and for the working dog community. And I know that the working dog community in the USA has had its differences, but I hope that in the coming years we put them all aside. You know. Right, But I was to blame, somebody else was to blame. You know, it's you know, you know, it's time to move forward, and I think we are moving forward in a very nice way right now.
1: Yeah, I am. I, I for sure we are moving, and and hopefully, it we we cannot afford anymore not to be working. No, as you can you
0: can tell. You know, like I know that uh, there's some AWDF. Uh, you Know people that are involved in um, the, uh, the uh, canine and sport community, yes. Uh, but um, it's uh, scary out there right now for the working dog world.
1: For Dim, that was awesome, man. Thank hey, my you. My pleasure. Anytime, and
0: hey, cheers. I see our, you drinking blends.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah. I this was the first time I, I actually never had this, and I really like it. Um,
0: yeah, it's a, it's a little high octane, but it's nice.
1: Yeah, is that I, like somebody a week ago, uh, 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 one of my students that graduated from my doctoring school, bro. Yeah. It's like.
0: No, it's a great, it's a great bourbon. So, Enjoy it, man.
1: Next time we're having a cigar in person.
0: All right. Cheers. Thank and you. Thank person. you. All right, All right, Evan. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for everything you do. No, Thank no. You.
1: It's Mitchell my friend.